What's up, y'all? Welcome into today's episode. I'm so glad that you are here, and I'm glad that I'm here. I had the plague for the last two weeks, so sorry we did not have an episode last week. I am on the mend. I'm almost better. Uh, but uh, as you'll see in the episode, this is the most edited version of Forte Catholic that has come out in years, because uh, I was coughing the whole time that we recorded, and, uh, you know, we we just made do. We, we did... What we can for the people. That's my uh, terrible Bane impression from Dark Knight Rises or something. Anyway, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode. It is me uh, with a cough, Father Anthony without his regular microphone, and Father Harrison as our guest today, uh, recording from not his regular recording place. So took a lot of editing to make this uh, come out okay. We hope that you enjoyed it, though. We had a blast recording it. Uh, we talk about Holy Week, W-E-A-K, because a lot of us are limping into this final week of, uh, you know, Lent and then into into Easter. Um, we talk about healing and and some some questions and some faith questions that have really been um, kind of on my on my heart and kind of tugging at me a little bit. And then the priest from clerical clerically clerically speaking, I always want to say clerical pod. The priest from clerically speaking uh, play freestyle preaching against each other, and it's a surprise for Father Anthony because he didn't know that Father Harrison was going to join our Zoom call. So we hope that you enjoy today's episode. If you do, please hit subscribe wherever you are listening or over on YouTube. Enjoy, y'all. What's up? We're looking for the Catholic. I am Taylor Troll. That is Father Anthony Sharapa, <laughs> and I am dying. Hey, buddy. You got through that intro with only like five voice cracks. <laughs> Very good job. I have something next to me. Uh, for those of you watching on video, you can see it right here. This is a mute button that I have running through my microphone for the first time ever in this studio. I've been recording in this studio for about three years. I haven't had a mute button since we first started. When we were doing live radio was when I used the mute button. But I have one now because um, not not everyone, but some of you noticed that uh, Forte Catholic did not have a new episode last week for the first time in about four years. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> and um, if you are listening to just the audio version, you are getting a much different experience of this podcast than if you are watching on YouTube. Because if you are watching on YouTube, what this mute button is for is for my coughing every 14 seconds. I've been hacking up a lung for two weeks. We're recording this on Monday of Holy Week, um, as I like to call it, uh, Holy W-E-A-K, because that's how I usually feel around this time of the year. <laughs> and... It's been two weeks that I have been sick. I am I am feeling a lot better. But um, do you remember, like, before the world ended a few years ago? Remember yeah. this thing called the flu? Like, the original? The OG? Right. Yeah. I got the OG flu. Wow. Um, yeah. Like, so, you know, a lot of you know that I coach track at our local Catholic school. We went to a track meet on Saturday. This was, what, 16 days ago. And we all came back. We have 80, 82, 83 people in our high school. Um, by the next Friday, 24 were at school. The whole school wow. got the flu. Yeah. We've, we, we've had track practice, and all we've heard is just it's just a cacophony, literally. It's just hey. coughing. You like mm -hmm. that? You like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't talked to human beings in two weeks, so I've got uh, a little things to get on. I, but <laughs> I, I, it's the sickest I've been in 10 years. I mm -hmm. um, laid in bed. For three days straight, didn't get out other than to use the restroom. And even then I had vertigo symptoms to where I was like literally having to use like my my arms 
because mm-hmm. my le- legs were dying. I lost 10 pounds. Congratulate me. Hey, the flu <laughs> diet never fails. So, um, yeah, I was dying and I, uh, I couldn't like get out of bed to record a podcast. So sorry that I almost died, everyone. Well, you know what? I think you're allowed to miss one podcast in like four years. Because my podcast has only been going on for three, and we've taken like weeks off, so I think you're fine. I think you're doing just fine. You still have a good track record. Yeah, but I I take pride in that. I take pride in being better than everyone else, and I felt weak, and I don't like that. Pain is weakness leaving the body, and apparently I have no weakness left because I've been in pain for two weeks. <laughs> this is good. It's a good week to be humbled, whether you like it or not. I guess so. I guess so. So, um, here here we are in Holy Week. Welcome. Um, this is our Holy Week episode, W-E-A-K, for the second year in a row. This is always just a busy time of year. And we know it's oh a busy time of year for priests. We know it's a busy time of year for, for me because of track season. We're, you know, we have our district meeting next week and all, all these things, right? So it's just busy for everybody. We'll talk about whole, uh, actual Holy Week in our final segment. Um, we have a special surprise for you uh, in, this, in the second segment that you are not aware uh, if what is what is coming. So I'm very excited for that. And uh, But right right now... Uh, as I've been sick, like healing has been on my mind, right? Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to be healed. I have tried many, many things to be healed because um, <laughs> it started off as like a sinus infection symptoms, right. right? And I get those a few times a year. So I got antibiotics. Mm-hmm. I also have a, a nasal inhaler. I have a, a, um, a mouth inhaler for when breathing is hard. I have my allergy medicine. Jeez. That's all the normal stuff, right? And then, um, once we realized it was the flu, um, you know, I, I stayed on the antibiotics, but I got a steroid pack mm-hmm. for, for a week. Um, I got uh, cough syrup with codeine. You ever had that Ooh, stuff? Ooh, that's the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't remember much of last week. Um, <laughs> and, like, I was, like, doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got that. Um, I've gone through uh, T minus uh, 800 cough drops. And like, Oof. I don't think I'm exaggerating. <laughs> like it's probably yeah. pretty close. <laughs> lots, lots of healing on the mind. I've laid in bed, watched a lot of family guy uh, laying in bed. Cause I couldn't okay. bring myself to you know, like, watch anything I had to focus on because right. of the coding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just, just very sick <laughs> and, and tired of it, but I, I'm mostly better now. A few people reached out last week, like, Hey, we noticed there wasn't an episode. Are, are you dead? And like, that's about what it took. Yeah. So. <laughs> but um, even before I got sick, um, I've, I've mentioned a few times on the show that I've been helping with this thing called Alpha at, at, at our church. It's just like a, kind of basic teachings of the faith, welcoming people into the community, that sort of thing. So one of the sessions um, towards the end of Alpha, we're, we're almost done with it. One mm-hmm. of the sessions was about healing. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, Jesus wanting to heal us. You know, like like spiritually, right? Like heal us of our sins and heal us of our guilt and our shame. But also, it was talking about like physical healings. How like you know in the scriptures we hear the stories all the time. Like Jesus, you know, healed healed the blind the blind man, and he uh, you know uh, you know dip dip somebody in the water and they were healed. And then you know the, the the friend gets lowered down from through the through the roof and they're healed. And then we even get like Lazarus who died and the little girl who died slash was asleep. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's all these stories of healing, right? And uh, and then they started sharing where the, the guy that like uh, runs the alpha videos, he was talking about 
like modern day healings where people like, and I think everybody that's been around church has heard stories of this, right? Sure. Yeah. Where um, people, somebody has terminal cancer and like, you know, terminal meaning they're going to die. Like there's nothing that you can do. The doctors can try to e- ease their pain, but there's no cure for this cancer. Mm. The church comes in and prays. Maybe there's an maybe there's the anointing of the sick, or maybe just the whole church prays for people. Somebody goes in and prays over them, and miraculously, the cancer's gone. And the doctors cannot explain it. Like the doctors were just they they had not given up, but they 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 were at the end of of their knowledge. And somehow they go in and the cancer is just gone. And there's multiple stories of these that are like it's not just Christian fiction. Like they are documented by yeah. like atheist doctors, right? To where th- this happens. Um, so that that was on my mind a lot. But yeah, you've you've heard of, of stories like this, right? It's sure, not absolutely. Just something that happened two thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, you know the one religious order that has uh, a lot of members in my area are the Capuchin Franciscans, and they have various missions, and they all have stories of healings and miracles, particularly in their missions, um, things that happen. Yeah, and so I. I've also had some friends who've had some miraculous healings. It's not like common, but it's not a surprise to hear it for me. Right. So two things. One is like, it's kind of getting through the mental block of this is something that still happens today mm-hmm. of like, you know, kind of the idea of like, why, you know, the, uh, the mindset of why were there healings 2000 years ago and not today? Mm-hmm. Because even though we've heard some stories that it, that it happens, it seems to happen a lot less than when Jesus was walking around and be like, you get a healing and you get a healing and <laughs> yeah. you get a healing, you know? I, you know, I've been asking for healing for two weeks and I'm still coughing and annoying everybody on the podcast. But like on a serious note, yeah. I realized as I was watching these videos that I am happy to pray for people and even like the charismatic gifts, like the gifts of healing and the gifts mm-hmm. of tongues. Like mm-hmm. I've been around the charismatic renewal long enough to where those things don't surprise me, but I realized something inside of my own heart that terrified me. Mm. Um, I know people that have the boldness to ask for healing for people in almost every situation where like these people, like if I saw them, they would come and ask for healing for me for my sickness. They would come and ask for healing for me from addiction. They would come and ask healing for somebody who had cancer and they would be bold enough to, to go and pray with somebody with terminal cancer and ask Je- in the name of Jesus for that person to be healed. And I realized that within me, specifically with healing, that I am terrified to ask God to heal someone in front of them. Yeah. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it like, you know, from my own house and pray, oh, God, please heal Father Anthony of his cancer or whatever it is. Right. Right. But I am terrified to walk up to somebody who is sick and ask God to heal them because I'm afraid that it will not happen because I think in most cases it does not happen. The miraculous healing does not happen. Sure. Um, I think those are the exception to the rule. Right. Mm -hmm. And I am afraid that that will make God look bad to this person mm-hmm. that, oh, God, God asked the community, the Christian community asked for my healing. I did not get healing. I'm afraid that that person is going to be angry with God. I'm afraid it's going to make the, the, the family mad with God, the community mad with God. And that thought terrified me. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, and the first one is. I don't think it's cowardly for you to hesitate and asking for healing for a person uh, in front of them. Um, nor do I think it's always bad to do that. So a few things. I think you know, very, it's very easy to look at the passion narrative and to have the heroes and villains, like St. Joseph of Arimathea, 
you know, bury Jesus. He's a hero. Uh, Mary was with him at the foot of the cross. She's a hero. Um, the people mocking Christ at uh, the cross, they're villains. And we don't stop to think about how often we are those people mocking Christ on the cross. And it's not out of a vindictive mockery, but how often do we have a similar prayer? Like, Lord Jesus, get off your cross and do something. Mm. Like, at the heart of what those people are saying is they all want a savior in some way. And they see this poor carpenter dying on the cross and they're saying that you don't have any power. You can't do this. And very often that temptation creeps into our own hearts. And that's an important thing to acknowledge, not to run away from. It's not a great thing, but if that's the reality where we're at, we need to start there. Okay. Because very often we're like, Lord, all this eternal life thing, that sounds great, but I need help right now with this. And then we have to take a step back, like, okay, what do we really believe? I always think about Lazarus and think about how Christ gave him more suffering because he has to die twice. Right. He has to experience the failing of his body two times. Lazarus enters into the suffering of Christ in a very particular way. Also, on top of that, when the Pharisees found out that people were being converted because of Lazarus, they were plotting to kill him. So now he has to live with the fear of people trying to kill him and he's going to die again. He becomes a beautiful witness for the power and reality of Jesus Christ. But also he undergoes way through way more suffering than the rest of us do. Um, and depending on the person's faith, if they really, if they're not in a place where they can accept God's will, if they're not in a place where they realize that this world and everything in it is passing away, that a whole part about being Christian is having Christ live in you and you in him. And that means going through death like Christ. That is the way we pass through to eternal life. But it's very easy, and then we all do it, I do it too, just to slip into the only thing that matters is right here and right now. And so a lot of times you don't know where a person's faith is. So saying something as bold and potentially, not always, but potentially with the hubris of saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, I you know, ask for this healing, that can be dangerous. Um, so I think it really depends on context. I think it's always good to ask for healing because the Lord says, ask for what you want. If you want healing, ask for it. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I anoint people, uh, anointing the sick a lot of the time, and I'll ask for healing. But also, for some people, it's time um, that to live on this world forever, to have your life simply drawn out and stretched out would be a kind of torture. And anyone who's lived long enough kind of knows this. Like, yeah, there are certain things we want to live for. Absolutely. And early death is a tragedy. Absolutely. But just having this life extended forever would be a kind of torture, would be a kind of prison um, that we are supposed to pass through into something greater. So really, your, your hesitation gets at some really big questions of the faith that we have to get at ourselves. Yeah. So essentially, it's like it was trying to find a balance. And it's kind of something you were just saying, trying to find a balance between suffering as a part of life and the church teaches us how to deal with suffering. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like God is a God of healing. And yeah. the, the church has like, I think the most, uh, the most common way is the sacrament of healing that, that priests do. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like even in the scripture, like the, the apostles, it's like, Oh, can, can we go out and, and ask for healing in your name? And, mm -hmm. um, oh, those people are healing, uh, in, in your name, but they're not with us. And it's happening yeah. a lot. Right. So it was this, it was this, for me, it wasn't like, can, I guess it was, I guess it was a little bit of both. It was a little bit of like belief in, do I really think 
am I truly believing in my prayer that God can heal this person? Right. Do I really believe that he can do it? That was part of it. But it was the weirdest part for me was that it was like, I am trying to protect God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Where it was like, I I think because I think it's not going to happen. And I, I don't think maybe part of that's a lack of faith, but also it's just looking at the evidence. Right. Yeah, sure. Like Jesus w- walked around many dead people. He healed Lazarus and that little girl. Like those yeah. are the two I remember. Right. Um, but like other people died. He didn't choose to heal them. Mm-hmm. Other people were blind and sick and mute. And he walked by them and didn't heal them, but mm-hmm. like he healed some other people. Right. So it's like, it's like part of it is like, Oh, he doesn't do this for everybody. And there's gotta be a reason for it. And I think that's what you were getting, you were getting at, right? Like yeah. suffering is, is a part of life, but it was this weird thing of the weirdest part was like, why am I trying to protect God? Right. Like, uh, like the, the line that really struck me, was they they talked about this in the video. Like, I'm literally thinking about it, and they were like, oh, some of you might be afraid to ask for healing or something like that. And he said something to the effect of, um, you know, let's say there's 10 people that are sick, and you go ask for 10 people, those 10 of those people in God's name to be miraculously healed, and one of them is. Yeah. It's like, wasn't it worth it for that one person who was healed? And And I was like, I think so, right? So it was it was a challenge to me to go and ask for healing, but I am I, I realize it's just this weird thing because I never thought about it. But I'm so terrified that it's going to ruin the faith for the other ninety percent of people. But yeah. if that person wouldn't have been healed, you know, you never know. You never know with timeline stuff or whatever. Like if that person wouldn't have, may, maybe you asking was the thing. like we believe that prayer works. So maybe you asking was the thing that changed it. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah, it's tough. I have, oh my gosh, this is this is a tough thing because one like that that what a, what to, a topic to start the show, huh? Yeah, that impulse <laughs> to protect God, like God feels no impulse to protect Himself, right? Um, but also, like it's very tempting to make faith this mechanical thing that if I input enough faith into the machine, then I get X amount of healings, and that's not faith. That's magical thinking. Um, and so what does our faith really have to be in? Our faith has to be in that we have a loving God who offers us salvation. And there may be signs of that salvation in physical healing, but that is so far down the line of what Christ really offers us. So I think there really needs to be a rediscovery of how good, true redemption is. And if that's where your heart is, if you truly trust in the will of God, truly trust that he loves these people more than you do, then you can pray for healing with a kind of detachment. This may happen. This may not happen. I want this good thing for this person to happen now, but I utterly trust that God has their ultimate salvation in his heart. So I think you have to go deeper than that, which is really easy for me to say right now, um, but much more difficult when you're meeting people who are sick, especially people who are young and it's difficult. Absolutely. But um, you've got to be careful about this idea that like, if I'm just faithful enough, I have enough faith points, uh, then I can make God do things. We wouldn't put it like that, but how often is it kind of like that? So it's, it's very tricky. It's, it's tough. It's a tough thing. For me, it was just, it was, it was a challenge. It, it was, it was yeah. kind of a realization of a lot of things of where my faith is, is like, do I believe that God can heal people? Mm-hmm. Um, 
this like you know, like even just hearing you saying like God doesn't have the desire to protect himself like he literally we're celebrating this week where he's like I don't care about protecting myself I care about y'all more you know yeah um so I, I think trying trying to get over that and get through the um yeah I don't think it's a, a faith points thing it's more of a do I believe that he he can still do this mm-hmm. and do I believe that my faith and the faith of other people will be okay even if it doesn't happen. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just this weird thing where like my, my head was, well, it's where my head was for about four days. And then I started taking Cody and I forgot about it until yeah. today. So, um, <laughs> anyway, I, I hope that I could still, still, uh, heal. So from, from my cough, but, um, we're going to move on to our next segment where we have a special surprise for you. I hate um, it when you do this. I hate everybody it when you do this. Everybody listening to the podcast knows who it is because they can see it in the description. But you have no idea. <laughs> so it's very, very fun for me. We're going to come back and we're going to play a fun game with one of our mutual friends. Do not go anywhere. You guys should be following our friends over at Grotto Network, especially on Instagram. They are crushing it. Grotto Network is a platform that shares stories to inspire our generation, whether you're a fallen away Catholic or a daily Mascore. They provide daily posts uh, that will help you navigate everything going on in our lives from toxic friends. We all know we have those from dealing with infertility to praying in an art museum, uh, from finding sustainable food to appreciating college football, finding purposeful work, dating advice, and all of the above. Check Also check out their podcast. It's called Good and Decent. Their stories that take you around the world to listen to ordinary people doing extraordinary things. It's a great podcast. You, you guys should check it out. Good and decent podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or follow Grotto Network on Instagram. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. This is uh, a little, uh, you know, featuring clerically speaking. Father Anthony, uh, we surprised him with a special guest, our special guest who's been on the show before, but not for something quite like this. Father Harrison Ayer of Canada, hey. of clerically speaking. Welcome back, Father Harrison. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Father Anthony is just so happy right now. I'm so angry because I know what the segment's going to be, and I hate it already, and now I have to do it with Father Harrison. So the stakes for this thing I'm bad at have been raised, all part of Taylor's master plan. So like we talked about in the first segment, like we had to cancel last week because I was dying, and I had already scheduled Father Harrison to come on, and I was like, because Father Harrison has been talking about wanting to preach more off the cuff, like on on Twitter. And then like even since we originally scheduled this recording two weeks ago before I died, uh, like you even said, Father Harrison, that that you've been preaching a little bit more off the cuff. So you're even more ready to crush Father Anthony in this game than you were when we originally uh, originally scheduled it. Everything about my life was made for this moment. I'm so I'm so happy for this. I'm so happy for this. Father Anthony, you didn't know this was happening. It wasn't purposely kept a secret at the beginning because I was just like my brain didn't work. But then I was like, I don't think he knows. So let's keep it a secret for the last couple of days. So how do you feel about playing this freestyle preaching game that you just completely excel at against a priest who admittedly does not um, has not pre- preached off the cuff as much? How do you feel like this is going to go for you? I feel bamboozled, hoodwinked. <laughs> I'm incredibly nervous. I don't like this game to begin with. And if Father Harrison crushes me in it, it'll be I'll never hear the end of it. I, I hate every second of this. <laughs> Father Harrison, how do you feel about this? This preaching off the cuff, this new well, here's thing. The thing. For I you actually I mean, friend. well, well, during weekday I always preach off the cuff. I mean, sometimes I don't even look at the readings and then I'm preaching the reading the gospel. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I'll preach on. 
And uh, so like there we're good. It's just Sundays are different for whatever reason. So now but I, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I, I was like I said, I was made for this. This is the moment I was created for. So we have Joan of Arc saying that in the moment of her glory, and we have Father Harrison saying it many years later in the moment of his glory. <laughs> so um, this is how the game works. For those of you who, who haven't heard it before, it's called Freestyle Preaching. And usually it is me and my co-host. We take turns. Uh, but today I'm just going to be the moderator. I'm going to let these two priest friends uh, who will be enemies here in about 16 minutes. Um, I'm going to let them take turns. Well, how this game works is they're going to take turns giving a 60 second, completely unprepared homily sermon, that, that sort of thing. Right. Um, I guess it's more of a sermon because it's not the homily. It's not based on the readings. It's just off the cuff, whatever's on their heart. But the catch is for here uh, in Forte Catholic land is that they are given three words by me that they have to incorporate into the 60 second sermon. We are judging them based off of two things. Can they get it within 60 seconds? And two, is it actually a good sermon? And three, did they use the three words? So we are trying to have the best sermons possible from these two men who have given their life to Jesus Christ uh, solely to play this game. <laughs> who, who would like to go first? Well, I think it's only fair that I go first since Father Harrison's never played before, so I will offer that. Okay. That you're you're you a good man. You're, a <laughs> you're man. laying down. You're falling on your sword here at the beginning. I mean, it's Holy Week. It's time for some sacrifice. <laughs> All right. So here we go. And and I think I think just keep in the back of your mind. There will be a time. I think for the last one that I will let you give each other three words. But I'll start okay. by giving them for you. Okay. Okay. So for for Father Anthony, um, just some things that have been on my mind when I think of Father Anthony recently. I'm going to think of the words Holy Week. Anxiety and perish. We're, we're going to keep it a little simple. Holy Week, anxiety, and perish. On your mark, get set, go. As we begin Holy Week, Jesus enters into Jerusalem. We're holding our palm branches in praise of him and his coming victory. But looking over your Lent, you may feel some anxiety because if you're like me, and you're a person in this parish, there's, there's a very good chance that you have somehow failed in your Latin promises and you feel like a fraud. You might feel like those people who one day were praising Christ and the day denying him. But the good news is that Jesus Christ didn't come into Jerusalem in order to pat people on the head for doing a good job. He came to save sinners. So whether you had a good Holy Week or you, I mean, whether you have a good Lent or a bad Lent, whether you're filled with anxiety or not, everybody in this parish can rejoice in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Very good. Very good. I will give See, you two snaps. I, I, I had a question. I was like, wait, which parish? You mean parish as in a church building, like a you know geographical area, or you mean parish as in dying? Oh, see, like parish it, 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 parish. I would have given mm. double points if he used both, but uh, I was thinking of parish like as in church. I'm going to get okay, the words figured, get a little bit more difficult. I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to give you guys uh, words in your wheelhouse to begin with. So. That was good. That was actually literally a 60 second rehash of my homily from last Sunday. Yeah. So that was easy <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'm trying to give you words that either have to do with you or, or have been on your mind recently. So because I've talked about you know, both of you a little bit recently. So uh, speaking of things that are always on Father Father Harrison's mind uh, because of where he lives and his and his life and and what the things that he does. Your first three words, Father Harrison, are Canada, 
moose and mystery. Canada, moose and mystery. You may begin now. I remember when I was in northern Canada in Whitehorse. When I was driving home, there was a flock of moose. Is that, flock, is that a right word? The flock? Anyways, a group of moose that hindered my vision as I was trying to drive in the middle of the night to a parish to go say mass the next day. And I reflected on that moment, the darkness, the moose on the road, myself in northern Canada, and I was engulfed in the mystery, in the mystery of the darkness, the mystery of the confusion. And as I was entering into that mystery, I entered into the depths of God's love. Because when we enter into the darkness, the mystery, the mysterious darkness of God's love, as we do this Holy Week, as we come into the end of Lent, as we go into the cross, the darkness of the cross, we might find ourselves confused, dark, and in mystery. But it's remaining in that mystery that we discover that God loves us and is near us. Okay. Here, here's my review. Here's my review. This is your first time doing this. Yeah. And I, I think you got around to it. The second 30 yeah. seconds was very good. But at yeah. the beginning, you said a word, a phrase that, that was called "flock of moose." <laughs> what, is the right, what is the right phrase for like a group? A of herd, moose? A, a herd of moose. moose. Okay, mooses. I don't know. That's what we call an own you goal. Said flock of moose, and just as a layperson, <laughs> oh, letting the priests know, it's like if you say something like that in your homily, it took me a good thirty seconds to tune back into the homily. Which so the second fair. half was good. I was I tuned back in, but I, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give the point to Father Anthony. For the for the first for the first one, yeah. but letting you know that you know you stumbled out of the gate, but you finished well. So we are going to go into round two. So Father Father Anthony, yes, um, I'm going to give you a couple of words here. Are you ready for this? Yes. Your words are passion, not the fruit, not the fruit. Passion. Okay. Pittsburgh and nuns. Passion, Pittsburgh, and nuns. Three, two, one, go. All throughout Pittsburgh, and indeed throughout the world, we are celebrating Holy Week. And in particular, what's coming up soon is Good Friday, where we celebrate the Lord's Passion. And the whole point of the Passion is Jesus Christ giving over his will to the Father's will, the Father's loving will to save us all. And even though we may not be perfect imitators of Jesus Christ, no matter what vocation you're in, you can do this as well. If you're a religious sister, if you're a nun, you give your life over to Jesus Christ who becomes your spouse. If you're a priest, you give your life over to the church. But also, if you're a family member or part of a family or if you're married, those little sacrifices that you make for your family, you're giving yourself over to the Father's will as well. You are participating even in a small way in the Lord's passion. And don't let those little sacrifices go wasted this Holy Week you too can be with Christ in the garden, offering your will to the Father. Very nice, very nice, very nice. I'll give you one and a half snaps. <clears throat> That's weird. <laughs> All right, uh, Father Harrison, you get a chance here. Your three words, sir, are fish, author, not, not like Arthur the man's name, but author, and Vatican One, not Vatican Two, Vatican One. Fish. <laughs> That's way harder than mine. <laughs> Fish. Oh Author. And Vatican Two, Vatican One, Vatican One. On your mark. Get set. Go. 
At the first Vatican Council, St. John Henry Newman, who's become one of my favorite authors lately, was known as an inopportunist because he was part of the inopportune party at Vatican I. He believed that it was an inopportune time to declare papal infallibility. And this is a bold thing to say in Rome, which is the seat of Peter. Peter, the fisher of men, who went and caught many fish uh, at Jesus' behest, who obeyed his will. For Newman to go against this, I thought I always thought was a very brave thing to do. Obviously, he accepted the doctrine when it came in. But he just was, it was more of a pragmatic matter for him than anything, than a doctrinal matter. And I've always found that example of humility on his part to be vital. That his humility towards the office of Peter, his humility towards the church to accept her decisions is an example and a virtue for us as Christians today. And so we can look to St. John Henry Newman as a great example of humility, obedience, and seeing the necessity of the church in the life of faith. Boom! Wow! Dropping Vatican One! Wow! Wow! I had no idea. I, I, I've I've heard of Saint John Henry Newman. I had no idea that he had something to do with Vatican One. I learned something it. new. Yeah. You, you brought it. in the fish. I, I like how like I thought Vatican One was going to be a difficult one, and you you had to the work fish. fish in there pretty the fish pretty is the well. Hard one. This is really good. It was really good. <laughs> it was very good. Okay. So the score is now one to one. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do one more round, but I want you two to give each other words. So as <laughs> we've been doing, Father Anthony is going to go first first. So Father Harrison, I'm going okay. to I'm going to let you give three words to Father okay. Anthony, but just remember that he's going to give you three words in just a few minutes. Yeah, so okay. just take that into consideration. All right. I got my three words. All right. Um pierogi. Gabagool and St. Joseph. Pierogi. Pierogi. Gabagool. St. Joseph. On your mark, get set, (laughs) go. So I know I might get in trouble for this homily because there's a lot of Polish people in the audience and you all love your pierogi, but sorry, today is St. Anthony's feast day. So I'm not going to talk about pierogi, I'm going to talk about Gabagool. And you may wonder why I'm celebrating all this Italian culture. Well, that's because St. Joseph, as we all know, was an Italian saint. In fact, everybody, by virtue of their baptism, is actually Italian. It is by being baptized into Christ that you're baptized into his chosen people, which are my people. So I want to congratulate everyone on this, this great solemnity of St. Joseph in becoming Italian. <laughs> Funnily enough, as I gave you those words, I knew that's exactly It was a trap and I fell right for it. I, I couldn't, you were I go couldn't make exactly it real. I knew exactly where you were going to go. I knew exactly you were going to go there. I, I, I kind of tossed up St. Joseph as a little savior because I knew... Nope. Uh, it, it didn't work. Uh, I, I, like... <laughs> There have been some weird things said in this game, like not just today, but in the past, like we got flock of moose earlier, but I I think this is, I think this is the first time that actual heresy has been shared in a a homily. So um, Father Anthony, knowing that you just committed heresy uh, in in your 60 second sermon, please Mm -hmm. give um, your good friend, our good friend, Father Harrison, please give him three words. Um, that I, 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 it is his game to lose right now. It'd be pretty it difficult to lose at this point. 
<laughs> okay, um, your three words are candle, cheese, and St. Joseph of Arimathea. It's challenge round. Uh, it, my my phone changed it to aromatherapy, so you can use that if <laughs> you'd like. <laughs> candle, so che- cheese, candle, cheese, Joseph and Arimathea. either aromatherapy or St. Joseph of Arimathea. <laughs> On your mark, right. get set, go. One of my all-time favorite movies is Monty Python's Holy Grail. And there is this scene where they are walking in this kind of tomb-like area, holding candles, and they see a note from St. Joseph of Arimathea. And then it, at the end of it, it goes, it's, just, it's a really hilarious scene. I really love it because we hear about St. Joseph of Arimathea in the Passion Narrative today. He hooned out this tomb so that as we enter into Holy Week now, we are entering into the death of Jesus so that we might rise with him. And as we've entered into this whole Lent, entering into the desert with Jesus, we've given up all sorts of goodies. We know, for example, like the Orthodox give up all sorts of milked products, like They'll give up cheese. They'll give up meats. They'll give up everything. We're a little bit weaker in the West, but you know, it's all good. But now we're going to be entering with Joseph of Marathia into the tomb. We're going to be going into the Easter Vigil with lighted candles. We're going to be proclaiming Christ, the light of the world. And then we're going to be sharing in the gift of his resurrection. So let us enter in this Holy Week so that we can rejoice in those great things we gave up, all those foods we gave up, but also more importantly, rejoice in the resurrection of Jesus Christ that saves us from our death and sin. Very good. Multiple snaps. Multiple snaps. No coughing in between them. I was trapped. He trapped me with all that Italian stuff, and then I went crazy. He knows me too well. You fell into temptation. I did. I fell into temptation. You, you could have still done it, and you just you just had to. I go could have. Just had to go. There. I couldn't help myself. I was waiting for like Mounties and like snow and all that jazz, but no one gave it to me. Now that would have been the easy well, thing to then do. It would have been a prepared homily. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> After you threw loose at me, I kept on thinking, okay, we're. I got to start thinking of something with RCMP because it's probably going to be thrown at me at some point here. Yeah. Well, I, I think we we I think we all know that we can declare our winner. Congratulations. Father Harrison Ayer is this yes. week's victor in Canada freestyle wins. preaching. Canada wins. Canada wins. Okay, never uh, mind. Father Anthony wins. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, if I lose. For Canada. I, I've continued my perfect streak. I've lost every single time I've played this game. <laughs> well, to be to be fair, usually it's me and you. And right. one, I'm very good at this. And two, I, I'm usually in charge of who says we I win. So it might be a little bit. It's also true. Yeah, yeah. But my brother definitely beat me when he came on your show. Harrison's better at this than I am. Everyone's better at this. <laughs> We just know you too well. So it's okay. so funny because, like, seriously, whenever I hear the name Joseph and Mary yeah, I think of the Holy Grail right away. It's the first image that pops That's in funny. my head every time. That's, That's good. Happens. That's you, probably good. That's healthy. You, you picked up like you, you were referencing movies and you were referencing uh, like saints. You didn't even mention Saint John Henry Newman. You did great. So um, last last little bit, uh, Father Harrison, you have yeah. been talking a, a little bit about preaching more off the cuff, mm-hmm. and you, you did well today. And obviously, this is a silly game, but mm-hmm. you said that you've been uh, doing a little bit more like for your Sunday homily. So. Um, what are the pros and cons of, of, of how you've been doing the preaching off the cuff um, for your Sunday homilies? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, you know, weekdays I've always kind of done extemporaneously. Or maybe if it's like a big solemnity, I might have a couple points in my head. It's just weird. Like the pressure of a weekday mass is just is, there's no pressure. But then it's like Sunday 
and there's people there. And like, I love people. Like, it's funny. I find it easier to preach on Sunday, which is where I have my larger crowd than it is on Saturday night where I have my lesser crowd. The more people I have listening to me, the more I'm into it for my personality. Yeah. But I, yeah, I kind of gave up. Like, well, not give up, but I, first, it takes a lot of time to write a text and you keep on. I tried that for a while because for my personality type, my brain literally goes all over the place. And so I need to keep on track, not be overly repetitive, et cetera. So text kept me on time. <laughs> Otherwise, I might preach for 30 minutes. Um, but I said, no, I got to try this differently. I want to try like, what's one thing you want to focus on? You have a, and you have a few ideas. So you pray with the text. You think about it. You ponder it. You might read up some commentaries if something's really grabbing you. But you kind of find that one piece. So like, for example, yesterday uh, for Palm Sunday, there were three events of prayer that I focused on. The event of Jesus's prayer the distance of Peter at the time of prayer and his sleepiness and grief, and then the prayer of the good thief um, yeah. at the height of Jesus's prayer. And so I knew those were the three things I wanted to touch on. I knew there was a couple things in it, and I just kind of went with it. I think it also it forces me to kind of slow down a bit sometimes because I have to think through what I want to say next, which is good for the people. Um, also, I, but I find I also just am more into it, which that is an important that, that human element of you are impassioned by your preaching is important for the hearer. Yeah. Because if I'm reading a text, not that I'm always reading it, like and I am always going off it too. Um, it's a little bit drier now. So that's been I, I've been finding it way more positive than negative. I think the hard thing for me because of ADHD, I have a horrible sense of time. And even though there's a clock right there when I'm preaching, I totally ignore it. Then I'll look at them like, oh crap, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta shut up. Uh, I gotta, I gotta wrap this thing up here. Um, or there, I still remember once, I think it was a weekday mass. It was a holiday for us. I think it was a Canada or something like that. We had mass. It wasn't, there was just the regular meetings of the day and it was the sacrifice of Isaac. And I ended up preaching for like 30 minutes that day. Oh, <laughs> the sacrifice of your parish. <laughs> they all loved it. They're like, oh, you could have preached for an hour. I'm like, well, that, and that was these little events like where that stuff happens, where people are like, I would have liked you to preach more. I'm like, mm. I just preached for half an hour um, because I was breaking open why you can't understand the sacrifice without the New Testament, how Luther's vision of scripture kind of interrupted our understanding, it really kind of got in the way of the Catholic understanding of scripture and understanding typology. And I went on to all this stuff and they just, you know, what's really funny is you're talking about going on too long and we've been done with the segment for like four right. minutes. Exactly. Well, <laughs> <laughs> have you been with me this long and still you do not know me? <laughs> Anyways, those are some of the positive elements. I, yeah. The negative one is just timing. Time is yeah. pretty much. I, 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 like as, as a, like I think my personality, but also speaking as the layperson here, like I really do appreciate when people aren't reading, you know, read, reading from notes. So um, I I was happy to hear that you were like in your actual real life that you were preaching a little bit more off the cuff, because like, I think it's very well known how smart you are. And I think a lot of times people like yourself who are like more astutious, like their notes. And I always like to encourage people to get away from their notes. Uh, what final question for father Anthony, um, yes. uh, how, how are you going to get better at this? Because it's just been, we everybody comes on just, you know, it's a quick clean sweep. So, uh, you started out strong, but how are you going to maintain it and not fall into the pitfall? So, okay. So I, I just need to stay focused the entire game through, you know, I was feeling strong. I had a good first two homilies, and you know what? I just phoned it in at the end there. I was having too much fun. I need to take this more seriously. And uh, remember when it's game time, it's game time. You got to stay focused. So that's what I'm going to try to do next time. 
Well, good. I, I'm proud of both of you. I'm proud of both Please. of you. Um, guys, you all know Father Harrison. On Clerically Speaking, these two guys going at it just like they did today. Uh, find Father Harrison Air on on Twitter, on, on Instagram. His his book, Mysterion, has been out for a couple of months now. So, Father Harrison, thanks for joining us, and congratulations on your victory. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I will cherish this. This is perhaps one of the most important moments of my life. <laughs> I'm and so happy. I will cherish you. it forever. So, Taylor, I am so grateful to God that you that you uh, brought this moment for me. Um, your joy brings me a little bit of joy, but Anthony's <laughs> frustration brings me immense <laughs> <lot> joy. So <laughs> thanks for doing this. <laughs> Guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right. All right <laughs> that was a nice surprise. We need your help. Forza Catholic is growing and we are expanding. There's a young man who has been doing some contract um, um video and editing work, audio editing work for us for the last few months. And he graduates in May and I would like to hire him part-time. So I've been doing some fundraising and calling people and being like, hey, can you support our nonprofit uh, that, you know, doing work for the Catholic world, trying to, you know, reach people with the gospel online and in person. Uh, would you help us out? And I am asking you guys now listening to the podcast. Some of you guys have been listening for a few weeks. Some of you guys have been listening for years. And this this is my plea for you to help us um, increase our monthly donations here at Forte Catholic. I would like to be able to hire him and pay him well, uh, pay him a just wage uh, starting in May. So if you head over to ForteCatholic.com slash donate, you can set up a monthly donation. There's there's options for you know, $25 a month, $50 a month, $100 a month. We are essentially trying to raise a thousand more dollars. I started with the goal of 1500 I got 500 already. We need a thousand more dollars a month. So if you could support um, the podcast, if you could support Forte Catholic, if you support this Catholic charity, we would really, really appreciate it. ForteCatholic.com slash donate. Because we are a 501c3 nonprofit, um, all uh, all donations are tax deductible. We know it's tax season now, so a lot of people have that on the mind. So uh, we would truly, truly appreciate it, um, and, and, and it would really help us uh, to grow and uh, do, do more things for the kingdom. ForteCatholic.com slash donate. Thanks in advance. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. That is still the loser of all games, Father <laughs> Anthony Serapa. It's, it's um, true. Here we are in in Holy Week, and I was thinking about this um, uh, yesterday at the beginning the beginning of Holy Week on Palm Sunday. I love Holy Week so much. Mm. Um, I really, really do. Uh, it is. My favorite part of the year, that's not like a hot take. I think there's a lot of, but it's just, it's always been special to me and like uh, for, for a plenitude of reasons. But, you know, I'm a lay person, you're a priest, and everybody knows that this is the busiest week for priests in the entire year, right? Yeah. I, I got a taste of it when I was the music director for a parish and I, I was up there just as much as the priest for, yes. for that week. And it's like, it's, it's tough. So I wanted to know, I have mine ready, but I wanted to know from the priest's perspective, what are your favorite parts of holy week and maybe your least favorite parts or maybe if you don't want to phrase it as least favorite like the more difficult parts of holy week yeah no i think it's, it's easy enough I, i'll start with the most difficult thing and that is trying to make sure the liturgies are good you know there can be a lot of stress it, and it depends on your parish like getting volunteers getting practices in one of the stressful things for me right now is that i'm in charge of rcia and so making sure that all that is set and ready to go so that people can enter the church. There's a lot of paperwork involved. I'm bad at that sort of thing. So it's been a lot of scrambling at the end for me. So like that, that kind of stress of that, um, all the practices and everything else. And it's very tempting to 
think that Holy Week will either succeed or fail depending on how prepared I am. So that's that's the hardest part. Um, the the there's a few parts that really stick in my brain as far as like one at the end of the Easter vigil when like you're tired but also elated like it's this it's not like you're drunk but it's like it's a great feeling of just being done and rejoicing in the Lord and you got all these new Catholics and it's like midnight and you're a little bit loopy I really enjoy that um, waking up the next day to do more masses not so fun right yeah yeah um, <laughs> And then I'm excited for something particular this year. I've never done before something my parish is doing. That we're doing this kind of, it's not a liturgy, but it's a, like a prayer service. It's going to be the burial of Christ. This is something they do, uh, the Franciscans do in the Holy Land. That they'll take the corpus, the body of Christ, off the cross. And his arms are actually fold down. And they'll do this liturgy where they bury him. So a lady from our parish has made us this corpus of Christ. So we're going to take this corpus, take the body of Christ, bring it over to the Blessed uh, Virgin Mary statue, bring him over to an altar. We're going to anoint the body and actually bury Christ. And I've never seen this before. I've never done this before. It's something my pastor wants to do. I'm real excited. It sounds like weird and creepy, but like that's kind of a Catholic thing anyway. So I'm really excited. Oh man. I, that sounds, <laughs> I, I don't know how I could take that seriously. <laughs> You're burying an action figure of Jesus. That sounds really dumb. <laughs> Okay, but is it more dumb than like covering statues or all the other yes. weird stuff we do? Yes, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, your Mary isn't covered behind you. I like that. No, she's uh, actually no, she put a, a velvet cloth over. Her, yeah. Uh, that's real weird. Like at first you were saying it, and I, like all I could picture was like you said the arms fold, and immediately I just thought action figure. Yeah. I was like that. Like. We have so many good traditions on Holy Week. Why are you adding a weird mannequin one? I mean, this is this is something that's only done in like two places in the world right now, which is in Maybe the Holy Land. Maybe reason for that. Maybe. So <laughs> yeah. that's part of hey, Taylor. That's part of the excitement. Is this going to be super cool and moving? Is it going to be super weird and dumb? I have no idea. But it's, we're going to do it Good Friday. You should get a magician to come and make the body disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I am raining on your parade, but that I like I knowing myself, I yes. could not attend that service and take it seriously. So I would I would abstain from that one. Well, I'll report back and tell you my perspective. And just final few things, like Holy Thursday is delightful, the Eucharistic procession. We have our uh chrism mass in the morning, so seeing all the priests, there's just there's a lot of good stuff. I love the liturgies when actually we're doing it and everything around it. So I will be calling you at six PM on Friday. Uh, uh, wait until eight, and I'll, 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 I'll yeah. I will call you, and uh, I will take your answer off the air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Favorite parts for me, um, mm -hmm. the like it, it's so funny because I was thinking about this during uh, Palm Sunday Mass, just mm. like the part, just looking forward to the priest was talking at the end of Mass through like inviting people to all the things he yeah. was reminding people. This is what happens Thursdays, and I realized that so many of my favorite things are focused around Good Friday, actually. Mm. Uh, Cause it's like, you have you have Holy Thursday and like, you know, it's the the the, the passion, the lamb supper, uh, the washing of the feet. It's like, that was cool. Like that, that was that was one of my favorite things when I was a kid, was the washing yeah. of the feet and how we did it as a parish. Like it was, a, but as, as I've gotten older, it's just like, I don't know, feet are gross. So like I moved on. <laughs> yeah. And 
I was thinking about for you, like I was thinking about you in mass because like because I know that you've been working with the RCIA and like how cool it was when I was leading RCIA. Like Saturday night was 100% the highlight because yeah. these people that you have been working with and walking with coming into the church, like there's nothing better, especially if they're doing like a sacramental grand slam, like where yeah. they're getting, where they're getting their three sacraments initiation. And that means that their marriage is convalidated. Like yes. They, they got four in an evening. Like that's just incredible. But like, even with like kids I've worked with that get the three sacraments at the beginning, in one night, it's just really special. But I haven't worked with RCAA in quite some time. So Good Friday, like my favorite two things. Uh, one of them makes sense to me for me. The other one is surprising for me. Okay. Um, and it surprises me every year. But like my two favorite for the last like five, six years is one, like the veneration of the cross. I just mm. love it so much. Just because like, especially I think living in the South, like living in the like, where you know Southern Baptist reigns supreme, right? Yeah. Just yeah. this whole idea of the emphasis on Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us, and us being thankful for His sacrifice. Not saying that that's only a Baptist thing. Obviously, it's a tenet of Catholicism. But there's yeah. such a focus on that in my upbringing that, like, the idea of Jesus dying for our sins, it like Good Friday to me. Like, I don't feel like a a big terrible sinner. Like mm. that is the day that I am most thankful that because. I am that he did like he sacrificed. Yeah. And like, you know, the whole, like, this is the wood of the cross on which is hung our salvation and like processing in and taking off that, like just that whole procession. Um, and then going up, kissing the cross, especially with like my kids now and Mm. my kids walking up and like kissing the cross and like, they're they're at the age now where they're starting to like get it, you know, at least the older two. Um, but the one that always surprises me is, I love, 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 love. And, it, and it's weird because I like I feel like I wouldn't like it. I feel like I shouldn't like it and I love it. Yeah. Is the the long petitions on Good Friday. Oh, okay. The, yeah. Where, you, where, where it's the it's the you know, the general intercessions, but it's very specific and written out. And it's like we pray for the local church, we pray for the world, we pray for peace, we pray for the government leaders, we pray for this, we pray for that. I just love the structure of it. And like mm-hmm it makes me feel like I prayed really well because it was so structured and like, you <laughs> yeah, know, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. um, so those are the things that I really love. The one, the one, here's my, my, my big nit that I would like to pick. Yeah, sure. Um, other than burying Ke- Kendall, um, the big <laughs> nit that I would like to pick is I do not like how on Palm Sunday, we read the passion. Sure. I don't like it. And it's yeah. not for the reason that you think, um, I think the reason that most people don't like it is just because it's very long. Mm -hmm. I I just think that that should be reserved for Good Friday. Mm -hmm. And I get like, I, which is weird because the rest of the year, I am a huge fan of taking feast days and putting them on Sunday so I don't have to go another day in the week. Big fan of that. But during Holy Week, come on now. Like, we've got to play out the the act, right? Okay, yeah. I do not like that the Palm Sunday gospel is read before Mass. Like the gospel of Palm Sunday, like the story of Jesus coming in and Hosanna and the high, or yeah. Hosanna the the, you know, the king and all these things, and then him riding in on a donkey. That should be the gospel for Palm Sunday Mass, not the Passion of the Christ, mm. because the Passion happens on Friday. And I feel like we're just being lazy and stupid. And <laughs> I am I am a fan of that for fifty one weeks of the year. Yeah. But for Holy Week, one, I do think it's dumb that we have to stand and listen to that long gospel reading twice in a week. Yeah. But I also think it's dumb that we're doing that 
We're celebrating his death on a week before. It's five days before it happens. It's weird. Yeah. So I get that. I'll try to defend it. So ideally, the way Hopefully that you defend it better to, than the Ken doll. Uh, well, like the Ken doll is an open question for all of us. We'll see how it works. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I'm glad my pastor has listened to podcasts. Uh, anyway, uh, so that first part of the liturgy isn't supposed to happen in church. Like you're supposed to do it outside the church, preferably at a different church. So you have this whole thing, which is like a let's go into Jerusalem and then you actually go into the church. So it's supposed to be separate enough that it doesn't feel like just two gospels at mass. That being said, a lot of times churches, for whatever reason, do it at the entrance of the church for whatever reason. Okay, So that makes it feel a little awkward. It shouldn't be done that way, ideally. And then I kind of like doing the whole passion on Palm Sunday because kind of like uh, getting ready for what is going to happen. It is like a preview of Holy Week because it starts off with the Last Supper and then it goes all the way through the passion. Also, that's the way because we always do the Gospel of John uh, on Good Friday and this way we get the other ones. Okay, but you, you know, you can argue and change that, but I like it as a like getting ready for Holy Week. This is what we're celebrating. Also, uh, it's a great opportunity for me to preach a two minute homily. So Father Harrison said he preached this whole thing and it sounded brilliant. I was like, no, we're not doing a long homily on Palm Sunday. We're doing a nice two minute homily, get ready for Holy Week. And I like that. That's kind of a fun thing to do on a, yeah, on a Sunday. The, the priest at the mass that I went to yesterday said, today, after today's reading, we don't really need a homily. We just heard the passion of the Christ. And then he preached for 12 minutes. <laughs> Bro, if you want to preach for 12 minutes, that's fine. I, it's right. Holy Week. Do your thing, man. But yeah. don't tell me it's going to be short first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very, fair. very yeah. funny. But yeah, it, it bothered me. I, I, I was just like, I, I feel like at Holy Week, we should not be lazy. And I, I, I just felt like Palm Sunday got gypped. I feel sure. like it would be a better experience for all of us mm-hmm. if we got to feel all Palm Sunday, like the people on Palm Sunday, like, yeah, Jesus is the best. And then show up five days later and like, crucify him. You know, like, <laughs> I, I feel like that would be a better experience of sure. how it actually went. So um, experience of Holy Week. The be- I'm going to end this podcast by 100% stealing a quote from another podcast. Okay. Um, I was, I've been listening through the, the Lenten series of Ave Explorers from Katie Perry, Sean McGrady. Um, they are sponsors of the show, but they are not sponsors today. I am literally just talking about them because it's very good and it's been good to walk through Lent with them. And, um, Father Joe Laramie, who I've heard of, who've heard about before, but I've never heard him speak before. He was the guest this week, like, you know, essentially this weekend, like uh, the Palm Sunday episode or whatever, leading into Holy Week. And he was talking about how Holy Week is like the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Lent is like regular season and Holy Week is like the playoffs. And I love that because literally in our track season right now, our regular season ends the day this podcast launches. Okay. Our postseason, our district meet is this day that next week's episode will come out. So like literally as Holy Week is happening, the regular season of Lent is ending and our regular season of track where like we start competing and like you have to get top four to to go on to the next to region and then top four to go on to state. Otherwise, your season's over. Right. Yeah. This is the playoffs. And he was essentially saying that, like, no matter how your regular season went, you made it here. And now every day counts. 
because mm-hmm. a lot of times, like in the regular season, like especially like with with pros or even like with our track season, like we have kids miss meets, you know, for whatever reasons, uh, uh, other sports or uh, family stuff or, or whatever. But once we get to district, you do not miss a meet. We are yeah. all there. We are all bought in. And it doesn't matter how the regular season went. What matters is the postseason playoffs. Pro pro basketball, you know, they famously only play 50 of their 82 games. They make it to the playoffs and then they all play every game in the playoffs and they give their best. And it's like, so that was encouraging for me because it hasn't been the best Lent for me, right? And it's like, it doesn't matter how the regular season went. It's th- that That's already gone, right? Do better next year. But at this yeah. point, it's like, this is the playoffs. This is Holy Week. And I think that's why I like Holy Week so much is because whether I've had a great Lent and it leads into a really deep Holy Week or many times I've had a terrible Lent and I didn't do any of the things I set out to do, but I still have a great Holy Week because it's like this is the time to really, really lock in. So that's that was it was encouraging for me to hear. And I wanted to share it with everybody and just steal it from our good friends over at Hub Explorers to end our show today. (laughs) Absolutely. So whether or not you had a good Lent or a bad Lent, Jesus is coming to save you this week so everyone can get into it. I love that. Or he'll be buried outside of Father Anthony's church. Um, He'll come back. He'll come back later. (laughs) Come back later. We'll put him back on the wall. Okay. Well, that is our show for today, Father Anthony. Thanks for hanging out with me. We made it. I didn't die. I'm very happy, genuinely, for that. Uh, Me too. Me too. I'm glad I'm not (laughs) dead. Uh, So, thank you guys for listening today. Sorry that what an episode next week or last week or next. I don't know. Whatever. Codeine's still working. I'll be back next week. See ya. Thank you guys for watching, listening today. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We know that we did. If you did, please do one of a couple of things. Uh, Hit subscribe if you haven't already. Share this episode with a friend that you think might enjoy it. Uh, Leave a a rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just real quick, five stars, uh, just to let us know that we're doing a good job. Help other people find the show. You guys rock. I'll be back next week. Bye, y'all.